Oh, man. This week's game was a doozy. I mean, I'm still spinning from it. Pretty bonkers stuff, huh, Nick? Yeah, I mean, a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zach, what'd you think of this game? Oh, interesting. Well, I'd say that there was a real auteur behind it. Hey, Nick. Nick, who are you... Who are you talking to? I'm Zach, she's asking who I'm talking to. I can only cover for you for so long. I feel like, okay, is there somebody in the room with you over there? Uh, yeah, I'm Matt's not here. In this... Yeah, it's, oh. it's Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, yeah, I'm sitting right hey, here. Hey, Matt. Oh, okay, great. Well, then, I it just sounded like you were talking to somebody named Zach, and that doesn't make any sense because there's no Zachs in the room. No, yeah, there's no, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Zach, she's on to us. Is Zach your jerk-off name for yourself? Zach, she's got you dead to rights. (laughs) (laughs) We battle our way through a befuddling plot in horror cult classic Deadly Premonition this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to Out of This Get Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket. Edge. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to say Edge now. Uh, Guys, we have quite a game to discuss this week. There's a lot going on with it, and but before and but it is it is both bad and weird. It kind of exists in both of those worlds, but also fascinating. Uh, but before we delve into that and before we introduce our guest, it is time, as we always do, to spend seventy seconds in gaming heaven talking about something that we like. Matt, count us off. Edge. <laughs> What are we- Wait, did Edge start that off? <laughs> yeah. This is going to get confusing. Yeah. We can't right. just be sprinkling edges in throughout the episode. Okay, I'll start it over. Okay. Edge. Just okay, kidding. he did it again. Um, I w- uh, So there was this big Nintendo leak, and this happened a little bit before uh, we, we were recording this episode. And I know by the time this comes out, this will be a little bit, you know, uh, uh, of old news. But it is still, like, fascinating because all this information got leaked uh, from Nintendo source code. They're still going and through it. I mean, it's still currently going through it. happening. 
Yeah, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of the, the all these assets, a lot of unfinished art, um, stuff that sh that was never meant to be released, things that were abandoned. The big news is the uh, confirmation of Luigi and Super Mario Super Mario sixty four. I don't know what but about it's also Super like Donkey. Super Donkey feels like a big. That feels big to me. You know, like a large Not donkey. No, it's like it's like a Donkey Kong sprite game that nobody's ever heard of. Like it just ceased to exist. It might have been this. Donkey Kong Country if Donkey Kong Country was j developed in Japan. Oh, so if Rare hadn't gotten involved. Yeah. I missed the whole Super Donkey thing. It's Super Donkey. I think it's There's called no Super Kong? Donkey. Well, now I got to now I got to look it up. Now I got to make sure cuz I feel like a, like a, a true idiot. Time's up. Uh <laughs> well, we'll never resolve this mystery. Wait, wait. One, Hold, just give me a second. Just give me a... Oh, one what? mystery that does get resolved is the story of Deadly Premonition, which you're you going didn't... to get into <laughs> in one second here. I just... Hold on. Super... All right, here we go. Super Mario 64, Massive Leak. Is it called Super Donkey? Let's see. It's called... Super Donkey. I was right. I'm guessing a working title. Because if they just no, released it as Super Donkey, that would have been madness. <laughs> no, it's Super Donkey Kong, but it's like Super Mario isn't Super Mario Man. It's Super Mario Brothers. Right, Super Donkey. He'd be Super Donkey Kong. <laughs> no. His name is Donkey Kong. <laughs> well, then it would be Super Kong. You know, there was a whole lawsuit about the name Donkey Kong. No. That it was because it was they it was considered a a an IP. Uh, our guest is not along. Let me introduce him and we can get into this. Our, our guest is an actor and comedian from the Fox <laughs> animated series Bless the Hearts, College Humor, and the podcast Spanish Aki presents. Oscar Montoya is back. Hi, Oscar. Hey, thanks for having me again. Hi, oh, Oscar. Well, uh, How you doing? To have you back. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying this uh, uh, little leak convo that we're having here. Uh, so you were nodding as I was talking about. The IP lawsuit involved with uh, Donkey Kong. Are th this is a thing you're familiar with? Yeah, I think I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, so so basically, the owners of King Kong, whatever studio that was, yeah. uh, sued Nintendo over Donkey Kong, and that Nintendo ended up winning the lawsuit in in American courts uh, because Shigeru Miyamoto convincingly like uh, uh, conveyed that Donkey Kong was a parody of King Kong, and so it, like it was like fair use because. And that all came from Donkey Kong because he had like a, a, a Japanese to English dictionary or something that made him think that donkey was a synonym for stupid. So that's where that that's where the name came from. A little fascinating, a little bit of a gaming history. Hey, you know what? If you tune in to how did this get played in order to learn about video games, this is the first time that's happened. <laughs> Oscar, we, we when we had you on before, and, and we're, we're going to obviously going to get get into it uh, today, given the subject matter. Uh, but we talked a lot about horror games. But you know, we're just talking Nintendo. Were you someone who who uh, are you someone who ever messed around with Nintendo games? Oh yeah, I was. I yeah. was. Uh raised on nintendo my first i think i I mentioned it in the last uh episode i was in but the the first game i ever got was a game called monster party and oh, from I remember, then yes, on I remember it was now. like oh yeah that's this is my this is my shit this is my genre i'm sticking with it you know nintendo isn't known for its horror games i would right. say like the best horror game to come out of uh nintendo console is probably the Oh, I don't even know. Resident Evil 4, maybe? 
That was GameCube yeah. originally. Yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fucking rips. Yeah, but yeah, they're 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 you know that's not really their their thrust of their marketing isn't really anything that's that's M rated exactly um, yeah especially not their first party stuff but but uh, so talking to their first party stuff your 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 Mario's your Donkey Kong's your Zelda's your Metroid's do you have a favorite franchise anything you Don- lean towards the Donkey Kong franchise is my favorite wow we got a DK fanboy oh yeah wow. Donkey Kong Thank- Country is well actually Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country two Didi's Conquest is the shining star wow. of the country franchise. Which is brave. It's bold to have yes. a game without your without Donkey Kong in it. That's that's bold. Right. That's where that's this is the introduction of Dixie Kong, yes? In yes. part two? Oh yeah. Is there a quote from Miyamoto, or am I making this up, where he hate he hates Donkey Kong Country and he says something like, well, it's clear now that we know that gamers will buy video games if they look good, even if they don't play well. Like some like fucking super wow. like wow. salty. Oh, yeah. Now I got to look Sounds that up too. Sounds a little too. jealous. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I have the quote right here. It's um, Shigeru Miyamoto said, Donkey Kong Country proves that players will put up with mediocre gameplay as long as the art is good. So yeah, basically exactly what you said. <laughs> Dang. Wow, Heather. Good wow. memory. I didn't know Miyamoto liked to throw shade. <laughs> He's a hater. He's a, He's hater. a hater. A classic He's a hater. hater. He's mad he didn't come up with it. He's a <laughs> hater. He's like, fuck, Super Donkey was supposed to be it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it that could it could be on that level yeah i i don't know because i always thought of rare working so closely with nintendo when they were kind of that that second party studio before their break and it's it's interesting to hear i i, I guess there was there was a similar thing with with uh, retro and miyamoto his influence on the the metroid prime series where like he kind of at first like didn't really like what they were doing but came around to it but so i i don't know that's it's it's weird cuz I, I think always think of this man as like oh he's got this like uh, like amazing imagination and obviously is like done more for uh, uh, how we uh, play games than than anyone created such amazing intellectual property but i so i don't ever think of him as being like just kind of a you know fussy meanie but i guess it can be <laughs> yeah i think maybe it might come to the idea that like well nintendo is like so traditional in terms of like taking big risks is like not really their thing they don't like doing it they're actually scared of it so with games like metroid prime to miyamoto that must have been like wait a second no we can't fuck with this property this way and i'm sure with donkey kong country it was the same right where it was like these graphics they don't look like our nintendo graphics like what's happening here Right. Donkey Kong was the villain and now we're rooting for like what what is this? So I think with him it was like now nah, let's stick with what we're good at, you know? Like the virtual boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the virtual boy. Uh so uh, uh pivoting from Nintendo, uh, the, the the big release of this year uh, uh, other than Deadly Premonition 2, the big sequel is The Last of Us Part 2. And as a horror fan, have you played uh, have you played TLO2? TLO2? Um, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to say something really embarrassing. I haven't played The Last of Us. Wow. Oh, at all. I no. I haven't played the first one. I know. I know. I played. Okay, so I was at a friend's house, and our goal was to play Until Dawn in one sitting. That was our goal. So this was like, this was a while back, obviously. And we did. 
would beat the whole game in one sitting, which is, I mean, Until Dawn is a long ass game. Have you guys played Until Dawn? No. I haven't, but I'm looking up its list right now. Wait, what? Y'all, y'all, come on. All right, you can't hit us with, I've never played The Last of Us. Okay, And then come back at us for not playing Until Dawn. Very, very fair. Very fair. But, okay, Until Dawn, we played it. It's a long-ass game. And then we're like, okay, let's play The Last of Us. So I played the first 10 minutes of The Last of Us. But by then, it was like literally the next day. And I was like, I can't anymore. I, I... Saw the, you know, spoiler, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the big thing that happens early in the game. Yes. Yeah. And then I stopped playing after that. Wow. Of uh, Last of Us 2 or 1? One. 1. Ah. Oh, is there, a, is, is there a big thing that happens early on in The Last of Us 2? There are some uh, big things no, that no, happen. No, no, there's nothing oh, big. Shit. Don't in worry all, about it. In all <laughs> games, big things happen. Yeah. Things um, happen it's... in video games? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Until Dawn looks like it's about a 10 hour game and you did that in one sitting. You did dinner, yes, you guys sat did. down together and, and knocked it out. Wow. Ugh. Yeah. Um that's a marathon. Uh yeah, I mean I I I feel like, you know, just uh, from from our previous conversation and knowing your taste a little bit, I I feel like Last of Us would be right up your alley. Oh yeah, for sure. No, it's a game that I want to play. I want to I have a really hard time multitasking with video games. Mm. So, I'm like I need to focus all of my time on The Last of Us and I well, I delayed playing the game until I heard that The Last of Us 2 was coming out, so I was like, "You know what? I'm going to play both of them like back to back." Oh, it just shit. feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> the right yeah. thing to do. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, morally correct thing to do. Exactly, yes. The, the, the Christian thing to do would, to, would be to wait. Wait until marriage, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So, after... I, I'm also currently playing Breath of the Wild right now, which I never got a chance to play, you wow. know? So, uh, I'm very close to done with it. Um so after that, my plan is to play The Last of Us. It's a, uh, I mean, you got some, you got some great gaming ahead of you, and yeah, I, I mean, let's talk Breath of the Wild a little bit because you're yeah. in the midst of it. I, 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 you know, I adore that game. Um, did you like, uh, like, what are your impressions? How are you feeling? Do you, oh, do you like great. the style of game in general? Oh yeah, I mean, open world. See, open world games are very dangerous for me because I'm a bit of a completionist. Oh yeah. So I got to check everything out. The cool thing about Breath of the Wild is that like, yeah, obviously you can go any, anywhere, but like there's always something to see always, yeah. which yeah. is amazing, but also at the same time, fucking frustrating because you're like, okay, I'm going to go to this shrine, but on the way to that shrine, there's a, a billion other things and like a bunch of other enemies I could defeat if I wanted to. And that's what I end up doing. And then I get like really shitty shitty little weapons on in the treasure chest. I'm like, why Why am I getting this now? I already have a frost blade. Why, why give me this <laughs> frost blade? But uh, it's, it's fantastic. It looks great. Um, yeah, it's uh, I Are there any haters of Breath of the Wild? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. I think there are, are some people. I, I think, and I think a lot of it, honestly, is people who didn't get the combat system right away. Cause it's like, it's, it's not, you know, what's the, the, the deepest, most complex combat system that's ever been in a video game, but it's, it's on a different order of, uh, uh, difficulty and, and, and learning curve than, than your typical Zelda game. And right. I think some people were turned off by that. Also, I think a lot of people were turned off by weapons breaking, which is a thing to adjust to, you know? I guess so. I mean, I, I, I've also pl- I played Fire Emblem, so like 
those weapons break all the time. So I was, this is not new to me. And I, as a matter of fact, I prefer that. Um, wow. Yeah. Weapons break people. <laughs> Why isn't there a Zelda cookbook? I mean, that feels like <laughs> such an obvious, like there should be. You are so right. Yeah. He makes all those recipes. Like, don't, don't you wish that at, after he's like, hum, 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 that you would like, could you go into the kitchen and make yourself a stew? Why can't uh, you, you just, what? I was just going to say this, this, this made me think of something that's tangentially related to it. So the Irish novelist John Boyne, this was a this was a thing that was tweeted Whoa. by Dana Schwartz. Oh, I remember this. I, you this saw great. this, yeah. Yeah. So the, the the Irish novelist John Boyne, John Boyne rather, published this book, The Traveler at the Gates of Wisdom. Um, this is very highfalutin uh, literary work, but he apparently, uh, I'll read the excerpt and then I'll I'll read Dana's tweet. The dyes that I used in my dressmaking were composed from various ingredients, depending on the color required, but almost all required nightshade, sapphire, key swing. The leaves of the silent princess plant, octorok eyeball, swift violet, thistle, and hightail lizard. In addition, the rest I'd used for Abrila's dress, I employed spicy pepper, the tail of the red lizolfos, and four Hylian shrooms. Uh, and then she, Dana continues, if those ingredients look weird to you, it's because they were straight out of the Zelda game Breath of the Wild. And it appears that this guy just Googled dye, like how to make dyes, and then just stumbled upon a. Uh, a, a Here's her tweet. Is an homage an Easter egg? Hmm, the book is not a fantasy. It's a historical drama set in the real world. I had a hunch and tried a Google search. So if you do a perfunctory Google search for how to dye red clothes, how to dye clothes, you find a, the first thing that comes up is a site listing monster parts from Zelda. And then so he and then he just put it in his book thinking that it was like the real thing. <laughs> no. It's no, amazing. And it no. got published. No one edited it. No well, one's like, hey, what the fuck's a Lizalfos? <laughs> It sounds so specific. I can imagine the editor being like, well, he did his research here. Yeah, like, right. if you don't have any exposure to Z Zelda, like... For sure. And that person's probably like, I don't want to sound dumb. Yeah. I don't know what that is, so, yeah. Sure. What a humiliating mistake to make. <laughs> because, like, you, if you correct it in future editions of the book, then you're admitting that you fucked up. Right. But if you don't correct it, then, like, a hundred years from now, if the book is still being read... People will be like, what the fuck is this? And they'll have like a little note at the bottom, like an annotation that's like, this was taken from a video game at the turn of the century. But possibly, you know, by that point, video games will so be entrenched in our culture that no one will think it is weird. No one will it'll be like, you know, it, it, it's it won't even seem, you know, like how you kind of look at. Everyone talks about classical music and they mention like Bach and Beethoven and Mozart in the same breath, despite them being centuries apart, because it's just yeah. all kind of viewed as like, oh, this is whatever. It's the same same thing. I, I could see that maybe happening. Yeah. Or maybe like, what if that book is the only thing that survives, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic <laughs> times? And then people are like, oh, fuck, Legends is like, that's a real thing. I, and that's how legends start, you know? A blind Denzel Washington is toting it around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned you're playing Breath of the Wild. I, I, have you been? Is that the kind of games you've been gravitating towards during quarantine? Well, yeah, not because I have the the time for it. It's like, oh yeah, why right. not? I usually uh, I stay away from open world games just because, again, the time uh, commitment needed for someone like me who's like, I need to check every. I need to check under every single stone. And believe me, I have done that in Breath of the Wild. Uh, not a lot under there, you know, <laughs> ratio wise. Really nothing there. It's actually 
Really? You'll find the you'll find the odd Korok seed. Yeah, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> How many of them are there? There's Total. like nine hundred. It's yeah. absurd. Nine hundred? So yeah. Yeah. Damn. I'm like at hundred and fifty, thinking like, oh, look at me. But no, fuck. Damn. Wow. Anyway, uh, but yes, that's the kind of game that I'm playing now because I have the I have the time to play it. It's a good time to play a game where you play outside because mm. we can't do it. So <laughs> it's, it's nice. You're totally right. <laughs> and hey, speaking of open world games, Deadly Premonition, this week's game, huh. is an open world horror game directed by Hidetake Suihiro, a.k.a. Swery, and released for PS3 and Xbox 360 in 2010. An expanded director's cut was later ported to PC and Switch. Story heavily inspired by Twin Peaks, uh, gameplay features both horror combat and non-combat, mostly non-combat investigation uh, of the small town of Greenvale, Washington, as you guide the player character, Francis York Morgan, investigating a horrific murder. But call him. He like he prefers to go by York. Call him Wait, York. Call you got to call him York. Call him York. In fact, yeah. I've pulled an audio uh, moment that describes how he <laughs> likes to be called. Uh, so why don't you play that, Matt Apodaca? FBI Special Agent Francis York Morgan. Please, just call me York. That's what everyone calls me. Agent York? Good, that's good. <laughs> All right, that's the whole thing. Great, fantastic. <laughs> She's never that's... heard that word before. Agent <laughs> York? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, good, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like she's. <laughs> it's that... Almost like she didn't uh... do it right. <laughs> yeah, that quote is, I believe, tonally representative of the weirdness of this game, which 100%. is not a horror game. Also, to be full disclosure, I have not seen Twin Peaks. I know from doing my research on this game that this game uh, yoinks a lot from from twi <laughs> Twin Peaks, but it's uh, it's so fucking weird. Can, can I say that on that topic, uh, Swahiro, the, the director and, and designer, um, I guess claimed at some point to have to not be familiar with Twin Peaks and <gasps> not that, that this has no, this has no, no connection to it, <laughs> which is like when when Narls Barkley said their name had nothing to do with Charles Barkley. Because <laughs> 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 it, it is so it is so directly inspired Oscar or Oscar matter. Either you guys, uh, David Lynch heads, Twin Peaks fans. Oh, Huge, yeah. Peakers, as they're called. Peakers. <laughs> they called peakers? Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, on the East Coast, we call we call us uh, twinnies. Twinnies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a peaker, but more of a Harvey Peacar fan. <laughs> Our engineer Devin winced at that. <laughs> I mean. Well, I feel like I just had an aneurysm. What were we talking about? <laughs> I've not seen Twin Peaks. I've never. I've tried to watch it several times, and uh, I don't think it's. I. I, I know that this is going to sound crazy. I don't think it's for me, and I. I I've. I've tried I several times. I, I have I the weirdest that. Twin Peaks experience myself, which is the only Twin Peaks I've seen is the movie Firewalk with me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> which, for some reason, my Why? parents owned on VHS. <laughs> So that's why I watched it. And I think I've seen it like twice. Did you understand anything that was happening? No, I was so confused. <laughs> so from from our limited exposure to Twin Peaks, is is it is it weird the way this game is weird? Or is this game like an impression like a video game's impression of a television show? 
Okay, so like the best way I can describe Deadly Premonition is like if a Japanese person saw Twin Peaks and they were like, I can do that and then did it, but without really having a concept of like the English language is doing the delivery and tone of Deadly Premonition is, I would say, exactly like Twin Peaks. Mm. Okay. But because Swery is like such a wackadoo genius, it's so injected with his like odd, odd stuff. Like there's so, there's so many similarities, but overall it's like, I think Deadly Premonition is just like a weird mutated version like, like deformed version of Twin Peaks. It, it definitely, yeah, it definitely feels like a lot of it is it comes from you know a, a non-American's perspective of 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 what Amer- what they perceive America to be. Well, sure, it's yeah. like it's it's also like the the genre of this game is video game because it's not it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like a horror movie. Like it's a horror game in the genre of horror game. Like none of the choices would make sense in anything other than a horror video game. It's like you took it's like it's like he saw the House of the Dead cutscenes and was like, that's the game, not the shooting part. Let's do the whole right. game as the sh- as those cutscenes. Exactly. Yeah. And even the monsters or like the shadows, I don't know what you would call those things, are I think there's some like influence to Japanese like Oni like spirits. Mm. For example, like the monster that crawls on the walls with the long hair and stuff, like that's like a Japanese ghost. And also when one of them attacks you, they put their fist in your mouth. Oh, you yeah, know? that's gnarly. And that's like a very Japanese like ghost thing to do. So it is like a weird like Eastern <laughs> take on Twin Peaks. The first time that happened, like just being now in the age where we're all extra conscious of hygiene, <laughs> it made me want to puke. <laughs> demon shoving their fist down your throat. I wish we had a list of things that Japanese ghosts did. Oh. <laughs> it feels like it would be a real fun list to read. <laughs> like we know we know they they love a well, right? They love being mm-hmm. in a well. We know they love putting their fist in your mouth. Uh mm-hmm. Like I want to know like does is there like a ghost Japanese ghost genre that sounds like a horse or like <laughs> Is it a thing that they like their teeth that they can like play their teeth like a piano? Like, I don't I'm ca- Have you seen, um, ha- uh, have you seen Hausa? No. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So y'all have to see House. Okay. <laughs> it's a Japanese horror movie. Um, that's like incredibly Japanese. It's, oh my gosh. For anyone listening to this podcast right now, I think this is the target audience to listen to watch House. Wow. So I implore I'm every single person to watch that movie. That would be like three people you're talking to right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about the tone of this game. Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Um, which, again, can, we cannot be clear enough that it is specifically weird. Now, when we're talking about horror game, you probably think horror soundtrack. But the most <laughs> memorable 
song from Deadly Premonition is like a jaunty whistle. Oh yeah, yes. Um, and the first the time world. you the the first time you enc- encounter it is when you are having breakfast with an old lady who who lives at your or who owns your hotel that you're staying at while you're investigating this murder that's happened in this small town. I would yes. like to play this track because I had an observation about it. Apodaca, kick us off. <laughs> Horror game. <laughs> I think this is the right tone setter for when you're having breakfast with an older hotel owner at a long table who can't hear very well. Who can't hear very well. (laughs) Well, I want to point out that it is almost identical to another very famous video game song, Apodaca. I've had you pull that song and Devin has slowed it down so that it matches the cadence of this. Would you like to I know play what that you're song? Say, oh my god, <gasps> Heather! What? Would you like to play this song? That it seems yeah. like this song just ripped right off. Yeah, the slowed version, right? Yeah, slowed down. So, so Heather, what you're saying is Super Mario World is a horror game? I'm saying <laughs> Deadly Premonition is telling you within the first couple of hours that it takes place in the <laughs> dinosaur kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like, yeah, I mean, because there are, there are a handful of music tracks that play throughout that that one is i think is the is the one that you know, that is most of an of an earworm but you know there's there's also ones that that feel very at least what i know of of the lynch pastiche like kind of you know uh uh you know like like kind of jazzy and 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 you know just kind of tr- uh, trippy tonally um it, but i i like the music however aesthetically the other element the graphics so this is a thing that got that drew a lot of criticism because it really does not look like a PS3 game, and like not like it, it it looks like a it's from the previous generation. Apparently, work began on this in during the PS2 generation, and and you know, um, it's not necessarily that the that the art style is the issue. It's just like the the graphical fidelity, like the the everything just like looks like really milky. unpolished. It's like yeah. a very milky looking game. It looks like Silent Hill. Like it's the same. Yes. Like it, it looks right. up. If if it had come out in like 2003, we would have been like, oh shit, you can go anywhere in this game. Right. But it came out. I mean, I played it on the Switch and it feels like I'm playing a 20 year old game. Mm-hmm. And that's the remake. That's like the, the, the remaster. So yeah. Yeah, it, it feels, I mean, it lo- it looks like a PS2 game. Um, I mentioned it came out in 2010. Other games of that year, Red Dead Redemption, Super Mario <laughs> Galaxy 2, Fallout New Vegas. So, you know, and, and it's trying to, I, I think that the the main issue with this game, um, because it, uh, you know, it was, de- it was divisive cri- critically, uh, mildly successful commercially. It now has this cult following of people who like it because it's so weird and, and 
so ambitious, but I think the ambition is kind of its issue because it was like this low budget game uh, that tries to have all these huge, like huge uh, mechanical choices. Like, you know, uh, the inhabitants all follow a 24 hour clock in the city. Um, you can drive <laughs> anywhere. Fucking there crazy. are dozens of side quests. You can't uh, find them when you need to find them. That's also, frustrating. The clocks in the town, as far <laughs> as I could tell, match the real time. So, like, if you're playing at 10 in the morning, the clock behind somebody reads the actual time. I, unless that was Whoa. coincidence when I was playing. I, I mean, I know you can't accelerate the passage of time to get to certain events. And mm. I know you can also go to sleep to get to the next day. So I, I don't think it one-to-one one lines up. But maybe when you boot the game, maybe it, it starts there. Um, or maybe that just happened to me on accident. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you get, so one thing I like is you get paid or fined for certain in-game actions and that encompasses basically everything you do, uh, from, you know, from changing your clothes to, to shaving, to shooting an enemy in the head. Uh, you get a headshot bonus. Like it's, it's so, and you get, you get money that you can, you can use to buy, I guess, primarily snacks. Because mm-hmm. another thing in this game is that you have to you have to eat and sleep um, and you have to be hygienic and you have to refuel and maintain your car. Yeah, I was going to say one of the penalties you get is uh, for being a stinky agent. <laughs> and then you have flies buzzing around you as you play the game. And it's there are like, more flies the longer you play with your stinky little clothes. It's like somebody played Seaman and was like, <laughs> what if it was a town of people who spoke and thought like Seaman and needed the <laughs> same amount of attention. Like he, right. the detective York is a Tamagotchi. He needs constant upkeep. <laughs> and so does his car, which is horrible to drive. It is it's, the uh, driving worst is very, car. Very unfun. Driving is the worst part of it. Well, <laughs> is it the worst part of this game? I don't know. It's one also, of them. I, I, I did not get super far in the game, right? Like I, I had to, I, I, had, I had a real busy week, and so I needed, I needed to watch a lot of this while doing other things. The game is very long. It's, it's pretty surprisingly super fucking long. long. Yeah. Also, it's super long, and if I were to try and describe the plot as I read about the plot, I wouldn't be able to ca- encapsulate like Detective York goes to a small town to investigate a crime, and then he discovers insanity from that point yes. forward every word is crazy <laughs> um it's it's got a ton going on and, and uh you know w- 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 i mean maybe we should just get into the story uh and you really can't i, I mean sure the, it centers <laughs> i mean i think we have to it centers so much on york the player character um, his voice actor, uh, who's Jeff Kramer, I think uh, is is like part of a big part of the reason I think this game has such an intense fandom because his his performance is just so weird and great. Um, and uh, and but a big part of York's character is the first time you see him, he's in a car <laughs> and it he's talking to someone named Zach, and you assume he's talking on the phone. But then as you keep playing it, you realize that Zach is someone in his head that he just talks to and has a sides to at all, uh, like uh, throughout the game. And Constantly. he'll talk to Zach out in public. And then when people are like, um, who's Zach? He's like, I-, I can't talk about that. Don't talk yes. to me about Zach. 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't open up about Zach at least till till much later in the game. Um, it, in a, in a key moment, but it's and you can ha- you can have side com- optional side conversations with Zach. Like the first time you're driving, you can be like have conversation with Zach or whatever, and then he'll just talk about renting a movie. <laughs> like, yes, he'll have like a long discussion with yeah. with nobody, uh, where he talks about memories of renting a movie and like letterboxing or something. Yeah. I don't even fucking remember what the conversation was about, but it had that sort of like he dropped references to actual films that he rented at a blockbuster. Yes. It, uh, there's no point when you're playing this game where you feel like you are sane. Like, it's, so you're like, it'll be like, you've got to, you know, Hey, I've got to get, go from the hotel um, over to the hospital right now. Um, so I'm going to drive. Driving is going to take, you know, like five minutes of real time. Cause this map is huge. Oh and driving gosh. sucks. And the map it's like, yeah. It's like reading a map while the map is an inch away from your face. <laughs> yeah. Why is it? Why can't you enlarge the? It's just so frustrating. The mini you map can't is ever find it really not helpful. And then while you're doing this drive, it, like to, like as Heather was mentioned, you'll just hear like, uh, uh, "Hey Zach, did you know that Eric Stoltz was originally cast as the lead in Back to the Future? They actually did ten weeks of shooting." And then Steven Spielberg stopped down production. He'll go on like this long rant of just IMDb trivia. He'll just be reading. And it's just like, what the, What on earth is this? But it's I kind of like it like a lot. I do think it like, gives the game a lot of charm that this is uh, that an element of it is just like, oh, this this weird guy talking to this mm-hmm. voice in his head about like and he's also this is like clearly like the the uh you know the auteur uh creator of this game like putting them putting their own film knowledge into this is at least is what it feels like it's, it's just like and it's a fascinating choice to heather's point about like f- not feeling sane ever because usually you're like okay so like york is the weird person in this game but then when you compare it to the rest of the townspeople you're like wait Wait, oh, oh, the twist is no one is sane. Yes. Everyone is wild. Yeah. There there's there is no voice of reason in this game. Um in fact that like the game starts with the these two twins. They're, they're fi- <laughs> like, they they yeah. find the twins Isaac and Isaiah, these toe-headed twins with bowl cuts. Um and their dad and a their their farmer dad and they they find our grandpa uh and the twins are are just like they they find a nude woman's corpse in a tree. Uh, crucified and disemboweled, and they seem unfazed. Unfazed. <laughs> like, They're chasing a ladybug. They're chasing. That's yeah. your cold open. That's, that's like the start all of the right. Game. Here's here's the ordinary. Like the way a story works is you start in your ordinary world, and then you get your call to adventure, and you head off on your journey. The ordinary world in this game is two crazy twins discover a corpse and laugh about it. <laughs> then you are in. I think it cuts right to the red space where you are in like a menu area, but you exist consciously as Agent York. Yes. And then the twins are also in the menu area. As as angels. As angels talking to you. And then you go into your first like combat area where you're running around fighting monsters with a lead pipe and shooting them in the head. There is no point of reference in the game. It's like I'm telling a story and I'm like, uh, you wake up and you're in a toilet. You climb out of the toilet and it's on the back of a buffalo. Your name is Todd. Like, you're like, what the fuck kind of story is being told to me? 
You should pitch that. <laughs> <laughs> you like? I did pitch that today. I just want to yeah. see how you guys. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I, it did I, not get I picked up. Oh, huh, shame. <laughs> well, does Hollywood know? Uh, I, the, so the 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 um uh, you know I mentioned Jeff Kramer's performance. The way that the characters are animated, like the body movement, is so broad. And like I'm not I'm not an actor, but from what I know of acting, it's just like it. I this is this is something called indicating, right? When someone is just like using their limbs to like basically make every point. It, it's it's very it feels very stagey to me. Yeah. Also, like, there's something incredibly uncomfortable every time York smiles. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just the craziest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in <laughs> my life. I, I have a note here about the character animation, which is everybody's bobbing in place like they're half submerged in water. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's the that like it's not even like they stand still. They're all kind of like bobbing up and down. It's so there's no there's nothing in the game is settling. It's all unsettling. Yes. Yeah. So you have this uh the this red room that Heather mentioned. Uh, it's a place you periodically return to throughout the game. Um, you get through that first sequence. You encounter a giant axe wielding Jawa, uh, who you later <laughs> labeled as the raincoat killer. <laughs> Um, and then uh, you meet after the end of the sequence, you meet two other main characters, Emily, who is the deputy sheriff and George, the sheriff, who factor into this narrative of, uh, you know, psychosexual horror um, at first just like, kind of seem like the, you know, like the the kind of bumpkin uh, a local police department. But later on, you feel you find out they're entrenched in all of the uh, the the weirdness here. Um uh, it, 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 it's, so the gameplay is mostly just kind of exploration. You're just kind of like looking around. There's some light puzzle solving, but the puzzle solving, there really isn't much to it. Uh, apparently the combat that you mentioned got added pretty late in development. And that was like at the publisher's insistence. And that was kind of a thing that, that sweary, I guess, didn't want to have in the game, which is part, I guess, part, maybe part of why it's so, it feels so clunky and unrefined. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, well, hold on to be fair yeah. to the rest of the game. It all feels clunky and <laughs> but, like, to the, but compared to the rest of the game, the combat is the clunkiest of everything. Yeah. Is I mean, it? Like, I think so. The controls are so weird. I, the combat feels so unnecessary to me. It is, I, I think, the worst part of the game. The yeah. combat did not stand out <laughs> like the I mean, like if you had told me that they added driving in the last five minutes before shipping, I'd be like, oh, OK, that makes sense. But like not. Combat. I was like, you go up and you hit something with a pipe. It it functions to me. It works. It's okay. I think one of the worst elements is like the like traversing up and down objects. Like it because you it's a full stop. Oh down. yeah. You yeah. have to press you know the action button uh, to climb something. It there's an animation for it. You're there, and then you have to do it again to get down. It's not fluid at all. It's so especially crazy. when you especially when you have the rainbow, the rainbow, the rain, raincoat Ra- killer. Raincoat. Yeah. Yes. When you have the raincoat killer chasing you, you you're running, and then you have to stop running to be like, okay, let me get over this little stoop here <laughs> to then run. It's like so frustrating. All the also yeah. the quick time things with the raincoat killer are wild they're so awful there's a lot of like you have a very short window just dodge something um uh, to survive it's it's i was playing on pc 
And I read or I read that the PC uh, port was really bad and it, <laughs> it is really bad. It's like I, so I don't know how much of my experience was. It sounds like it's universal, but I don't know how much my experience with the controls was just like fighting against uh, this this bad PC port, which also crashed like hard crash to desktop on me oh, on, really? during a boss fight. <laughs> so <laughs> no! it's just like it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty maddening to play. I definitely can't recommend that. This was after installing a fan patch too, so it was a uh, it was a thing I was fighting against. But despite all that, there's still a lot to like in this game, um, and I, I, it just comes from just how weirdly how weird it is in such a specific way. One of the great things is, and and Oscar, you were touching on this, is the dialogue. Um, and I, I just wrote down some lines in isolation, uh, that I just like that they tickled me when they came out. I was like, I got to write this down. Uh, here's one, a computer room in a hospital. <laughs> Look, we flash our backs and he starts trusting us a little more. This is when he's trying, they're trying to get, uh, York is trying to get him to sh- get the, the, the detective or them, sorry, the, the police officers to show him their, his, their bare backs. Uh, here's one. I'm in shock like a weasel in an electric chair. <laughs> Deer hunting is great. They can be erotic creatures. <laughs> you added that the, one, right? No, that's, that's a real one. This wait, game, I got, wait. Oh, one more? Go ahead. Uh, I got two more. Wait, here, th- this one I like. With an imagination like that, you belong in the zoo. The Hollywood <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> wait, who said that? Was that George? I yeah. can't even. What the fuck? <laughs> this last one is my favorite. Long, long ago, I too was unable to shoot my wife. <laughs> yeah, that was Harry. They sound like they are written by AI. Like yeah. all of that. That you with an imagination like that, you belong in a zoo. First off, no, that doesn't ma- mean anything. Like, no, you don't think. Oh, think about all the imagination at the zoo. <laughs> And then the modifier with Hollywood, like, what does that mean? I don't know, but it's great. Here's, <laughs> like, it, just, here's, it does it does make it all feel so trippy. Here's here's what I th- I think. I think that this is representative of a game where somebody was like, he was not told no at any point. It seems like right. And I, I mean, really... I, I read some. Sorry, sorry, just sorry to interrupt, but I I did read some interviews that seemed like he was actually fighting with the publisher a lot, <laughs> and I think that was maybe cut part of the issue is that he had this big ambitious design, and then he had to make a bunch of creative compromises. Um, a lot of a lot of them budgetarily, uh, or a lot of them budgetary. So I think that's part of why it, it got so weird. But it, it, but uh, to your point, it, it he does seem. Yes, it, it 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 it's not like his. It feels like he wasn't able to execute uh, his overall vision. But I think that's. I think that is his vibe, though. Swery is that. I think. Like, there's another game called D4: Dark Dreams Don't Die that never got finished. I don't think because it was supposed to be episod- episodic, and it was like it's equally as weird. I mean, it's not right. like Deadly Premonition is the only weird game he's made. I think he like exclusively makes weird games but i don't think he means them to be weird i do think that there's logic in i mean there is some uh, plot wise that makes some sense though it's just like the way we get through the plot is like what the hell like wild and i think that's twin peaks too twin peaks is that way as well it's like plot wise it, it sort of was weird 
because it kind of has an episodic structure within this game. There are recaps of chapters you played as you go along. And yes, you're right. Procedurally, it's like if you just view it as a procedural, it's like, okay, there's a number of suspects. They get eliminated. People keep getting killed. And then eventually it it does make sense who the killer ultimately is. Uh, But but sorry, I interrupted you, Heather, in the middle of your thought. I have no idea what my thought was. It's you were talking about it's you were talking about it seemed like no one ever said no to him. Yeah, I don't know where I was going, man. I have no idea. That's all right. Uh, I, I, wa- uh, another- I want to say that the, oh, I want to say that the game. I would rather have a game that is this. Um, that's the that's this specific and and so and and bonkers than a game that is safe and better, right? Yes. No, uh, I'm with you. I, I yeah. love that it takes big swings. I, I didn't have fun playing it. No, um, because. <laughs> Because it's just so it's just so bad to play. But like, uh, you know, I, I watch people play it. I watch some some, you know, um, um, some VODs. I watch some uh, uh, just like play playthroughs without commentary. And it, it's like it is very fun to watch other, to like observe mm-hmm. because of just like the, the choices that are made. Did you guys go into the settings at any point? Yes. Mm-hmm. The settings menu is a mess. So, so did you turn cruel production on or off? I left it on. Okay. What happens when you turn it off? I have no idea, but I I, I, I see a toggle for cruel production, and I'm like, well, I'm not touching that fucking toggle. I don't even know what that means. I, I turned it off because I wanted to. I was very curious to know what it meant, uh, and I kept it off. Um, and the only discernible difference that I noticed was that it changed um, the blood from red to green. Oh, okay. okay. Like, okay. Like, okay. So it's Christmas production or non-Christmas production. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a, uh, there's a thing that got there. There's a moment from this that I think is pretty well known. um, Even to people who haven't played this game, which is the sandwich moment Mm -hmm. um, in the diner. uh, And um, there is a, uh, there's talk of a Turkey strawberry jam and cereal sandwich. Uh, which York comments, sounds like the sinner's sandwich. Self-inflicted punishment to atone for past sins. He's setting an example. And then he gets a turkey, strawberry jam, and cereal sandwich for himself and then likes the sandwich. <laughs> like a lot. Like too yeah, like much. a lot. Yeah. Like really likes it. <laughs> I don't know what it's trying to say by that. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's so many parts in the game where they have, they have like a 20-minute conversation about coffee, the benefits of coffee. Yes. A lot uh, of coffee cooking you know what i mean thomas is thomas a better cook than olivia why isn't thomas leaving to a different town it's so meandery like especially when you go to the side quests because every townsperson has their own side quest that you can help them out with and then if you if you help them it goes into this weird backstory of a character that you're like okay yeah polly i guess was a beauty queen and lost to what's her name Sigourney the pot lady who is like a copy off the the log lady yes carries a pot everywhere right a warm pot because if it gets cold she'll be mad also she doesn't have a shoe which is of course of course she doesn't if you're if you're listening to this at home and you haven't played the game and you're hearing what we're talking about and you're like I can't follow this that is what it's like to play the game. That is the experience, yeah. <laughs> like you aren't you it's not it's not like we're poorly describing a television show that make the tracks from moment to moment. This is the game. Like yeah, that's the we thing. haven't even 
We haven't even touched on uh, the uh, you know, the sapling salesman with a Dalmatian oh my who is God. fucking everyone in town, um, yeah. or the or the uh, the the you know the 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 old man in a wheelchair with a Skeletor gas mask uh, who is referred to as a mysterious capitalist, um, uh, and he uh, he tells the tale of how there was the, a military experience a, a military experiment on this town fifty years ago where they dispersed a bunch of purple gas that turned everyone violent and insane, and that was the birth of the original raincoat killer, and now the current raincoat killer is actually the new raincoat killer, and it all has to ties in with these red seeds that grow from this tr- tr- these trees that are only in this town uh, that the, the new raincoat killer is stuffing into his victims' mouths. It's so... It's just so bewildering. <laughs> but it makes some sort of sense. There's yeah. some sort of sense to that, you know? Just a, just so much going on. But yes, it I, does make yeah. some sort of sense. I did want to talk about Thomas for a second. Because, like, Thomas is the, I, what is he, the deputy sheriff? He's like... Yeah, he's, no, he's, a, like, he's like, an, a, I thought he was just like a regular cop. He seems pretty low on the uh, yeah. uh, in the ranks there. And, like, his whole thing is that he's, like, uh, effeminate and, like, very soft-spoken, shy. He's a good cook. So it's yeah. like, okay, this is okay. But then there's, I mean, I don't know if I want to spoil the climactic moment. I think you can spoil it. Okay. So, like, so Thomas um, is, like, giving you straight up Buffalo Bill vibes where he's, like, a cross-dressing killer who's, like, jealous of Emily and wants to, it's like, working with George at some capacity. But it is so weird and yes it is problematic as like as a gay person to watch the quote-unquote gay character be a killer because he's like gay and like that's a disease and i'm killing because blah 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 women always get the men it's so weird however at the same time it does pay homage i think to Gallo films of the 70s like Dario Argento does this all the time and like as a horror freak like I recognize that so I respect it uh does Argento ever have a scene where the uh, guy gets shot and then um falls off a platform and his face goes into a hook because that's Thomas's (laughs) fate yeah it's pretty vile Um, it's all, br- I mean, like, I could go on about, like, queer killing in horror movies and how, like, it's so unnecessarily violent. And I think Thomas's death was, like, the most violent. And he wasn't even, like, the big baddie. You know what I right. mean? Like, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, but it, again, it plays homage to the genre, to the horror mm-hmm. genre. It's so he has a he has a tattoo on his back that you learn early on. They see early on in the game that says "Love G," and then then when and during this death sequence, York reveals, and this is after I think he's kidnapped and tied up. York, um, yeah. so that that he reveals that the the G is the love G is George the sheriff, and it turns out that the sheriff is basically operating the sex cult involved that involves Thomas and all of the other uh, female victims. Uh, 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 who have been killed by the the uh, yeah the raincoat killer, the new raincoat killer, um, and uh, eventually we're getting to, uh, getting towards the end of the narrative here. Eventually, it turns out that um, uh, York thinks that 
Uh, York thinks that George is the killer. There's a, like a boss fight with George, but it turns out the real killer behind everything, the, the puppet master, is uh, the uh, weird uh, fucking overall wearing guy, a uh, sapling salesman who's been carrying trees around the whole time. Um, and also, oh, by the way, it's so strange that this is like supposed to be this rural town and we've got a sheriff uh, with a big cowboy hat and antlers inside the, the police station. But also there's like a high-end art gallery and there's like a, a jazz nightclub. It's just everything is just such a such an odd portrait of what rural America is. <laughs> it's it's so weird that these things coexist. And then the final boss fight is with uh Kaysen, who turns into this big uh, grotesque Violet Beauregard figure, um, eventually grows to kaiju size. That I love this this line when he grows to kaiju size, York uh says to him, Kaysen, I've been meaning to tell you this. You're one crazy guy. <laughs> Nick, I do have to say your York is impeccable. Yeah, wow. it's perfect, dude. Oh, it's well, it's spot on. Thank you. Um it's and York also reveals that he is Zach cuz he has this whole right. there's this whole backstory with York where he watched his his dad kill his mom and then yeah. kill himself and then he like, became yeah. this different personality Zach York afterwards. Because Kaysen, who sells these, like, beautiful red trees, like, the only way to grow them isn't through, like, the stomachs of young women. Yes. And so, like, his dad shot his mom, but it was only because she had a tree growing out from inside of her. Right. <laughs> right. He, he he euthanized her, right? No, he didn't. He didn't. He remember. chose not to yeah. because, because he couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to shoot his wife. And then she had she died this horrific death where she turns into like this wood, uh, this like wood ghoul. Um, and the same fate is going to befell Emily. Uh, and so Emily, the deputy sheriff, uh, who becomes a love interest of York, and he actually opens up to about York opens up to about Zach to Emily. It's the one time where you get some you kind of learn that that's an actually an imaginary friend. Um, and uh, so you have a choice: you can kill, you can aim it, you can try to kill Kaysen, you can try to kill Emily, or you could shoot yourself. Those are all options. Uh, the only right option is to, uh, I believe, the only option I think is to kill. To the right option is to kill Emily, right? But then, but then also Zach uh, York now Zach can't do it, and then yeah. she pulls the sapling out of her womb herself uh, because she's been kidnapped by Kaysen, has a, has a, has a sapling implanted in her womb, pulls it out, and then just bleeds out. It's really grisly. Fun times. I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> so, yeah, you're there. You're like, OK, cool. So I guess the game is over. But no, there's still more game happening. Yes. You like kill this guy and then uh, York ends up. I, I York and Zach sort of detach because York is like, hey, you don't need me anymore. Uh, Zach, you got this. So York ends up going to with Emily to uh, death. I don't know the afterlife. I don't know where they're dating. Uh and it's it's like Sora and Roxas in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Roxas is Sora's other nightmare being heart heart heartborn. Heartless. Heartless. Heartless, yes. Yeah. There it is. He's his heartless. So Zach is York's heartless and exists with the same doesn't Roxas exist with like a blonde? Like Kyrie is like the heartless of. Anyway, 
Same game, same story. Kingdom Hearts, (laughs) deadly premonition. And so, yeah, that you have this epilogue. Uh, you 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 meet the uh, the Skeletor um, gas mask uh, <laughs> guy again, but he doesn't have a mask anymore for some reason. Uh, you go off the forest. You see the farmer, the t- the twins, and now you're Zach. So you have different hair. You have white hair now, and so it's just like, wait, you've been Zach this whole time. Everyone's calling you Zach. Uh, York has just been, I guess, a, a, a fantasy that you've been living in. Um, it's it, it, and then there's like a happy ending where. All the other victims are like in a like all together now in, with with York. York is off with them. It's, it's yeah, weird at the diner and then at the diner. Yeah, York, Emily and York are like staring at each other, right? Just like nicely staring at each other. Or am I misremembering how it like? Aren't they just like? No, they're like happy together. That's oh, the yeah. implication. Yeah. yeah, they're happy yeah. together. And then yeah, York is like, hey Zach, there's like a case happening in New Orleans somewhere. Yeah, which is maybe the I, I haven't played. Obviously, I haven't played Deadly Premonition two or, or looked much into it. But maybe that's the plot of Deadly Premonition two. I have no idea. Oh yeah, I don't. I haven't checked either. Maybe. Um. Anyway, it's it's a it's a baffling game, uh, with a lot of weird choices. Uh, but I guess we should uh, get to our final thoughts on it. It's time for our review crew. <laughs> Review crew. So we'll each say something positive about Deadly Premonition. Give the name. Uh, give the game a numerical decimal rating. Uh, my positive thing is going to be this. Uh, another dialogue exchange I wrote down. This is <laughs> this is York talking. He sawed their heads off from their neck and took them back to his house. He cleaned the skulls up and used them as utensils in his daily life. Teat from, or as a urine cup, he'd fill skulls with ice, cola, and rum. Drinking from the skulls, well, that is one thing. But those he had used to relieve himself, he would then just use them to drink from, too. That was too much for me. That's just not sanitary. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this game a... <laughs> I'm going to give this game a 5.5. Oh. Go ahead, Heather. Well, okay, I said it earlier, but I really... Look, I don't think Cloud Atlas is a good movie, but I would rather <laughs> watch Cloud Atlas than Cliffhanger, I guess. Uh, like, I I would rather see a movie with a voice and I'd rather play a game with a voice yes. than a game that is good but boring. Yeah. Um, Love a big like, swing. Yeah. And this this game is a huge swing. There, ever, And it's also, <laughs> it's a kid that steps up to the steps up to the home plate, swings with all his might, and then also continues to swing at every other base. Like, he doesn't <laughs> understand baseball, but he's hitting for the fences every time he's he's playing. And that's what this game is. Unenjoyable, but an attempt at a home run <laughs> with every line of dialogue, with the car. The car interior is detailed, so that when you're like, you can choose between modes of driving, like in the car, out of the car, like three quarters of the way above the car, whatever. And there's no budget for it. Like there's no. <laughs> so, all right. The point is that I'm going to give this game a six. 
Uh, but I'm going to say that if, and I think I said this to Apodaca, if I was on an island, this would be a great game to play because it's so weird that you can investigate all the corners of the entire world and it will keep giving yes. you weird bullshit mm, right. in return. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, a solid six from me. Apodaca, what do you think? I'm so... Yeah, I didn't get super far into it either, but I uh, was fascinated every time that I played it and like played like was looking forward to like my sit down time with it. And I, I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking this might be one of the only games we've played on the show that is that falls under the category like it's so bad, but it's good. Like because like, right. there's, there's that experience is not typical in video games because a bad video game is not fun to play. But this wasn't unfun because I was like, I mean, none of it's made well, but like I was like fascinated at how poorly some of the things were, like were and stuff. But one of my favorite details about the game, uh, my positive is that in the in the in the sort of like recaps on like the previously on Deadly Premonition segments, there were parts of it where, you know, like. They're recapping the basic story, but there were other like very like pivotal things that happened in the recaps that they just like completely omitted. But like by like shooting people or like like any any sort of like crazy horror element was never present in the in the recaps. And I was like, that's what I would certainly be talking about, like not <laughs> what you picked, which was just like a conversation that two people had like to to sort of like. Uh, say that's what had happened previously. I would talk the far more interesting thing: the <laughs> the zombies that are uh, folding themselves in half backwards and crawling toward you. There's no mention of that in the <laughs> right. recaps, um, which I just thought was so funny. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's like if, I, it's like if previously on like a previously on Game of Thrones was all about like Peter Dinklage wanting more wine. <laughs> yeah that's all that well, happened yeah. he was like he wanted, I, he was out of I, wine? I saw that but that's not like the that's not what the takeaway was like that's right. not bringing us into the the new episode um but i i you know hard to say if i'm gonna get back to it but i am it's it's interesting to have and know that it's possible that i could go back to it at some point because i'm i am fascinated to learn more about just how like the, these side missions play out uh but so i'm gonna give it a I'm going to give it a six because I am curious. All right, Oscar Montoya, something positive and your score. Um, I mean, I love this game. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of like wow. weird, just like weird, odd shit. Like I consume, honestly, that's all I consume. Just absolute trash, like indecisive, like, like this is sort of my sweet spot when it comes to games. Like I, I search for games like this and I think like, this fits, I think this fits the podcast so well, you know, that it's like, I'm so glad y'all played it. Cause like, I'm like, this is one of these games that is like, what the fuck is happening here? And that's the feeling that you get when you play it. You're just like, it's an interesting thing when you are playing a video game, because theoretically speaking, you are in control of the character and I have never felt more out of control, like controlling a character <laughs> in my life. And I sort of love that feeling of just like, I truly have no idea what's going to happen. Like, absolutely. The nothing about this is normal. And like what, what, ha what Heather is saying, like, I don't 
want to play a game that's normal. I want to play a game that I remember that I'm like scratching my head at. Like, what what is this? Like, because that's how I, I felt the entire time. The plot is great. Like the way to play this game is by doing the side quests as well, because it's so it's like funny. And it's what's rad about this game is that there are moments of like really campy moments of really like what the fuck is happening moments and honestly like brutal violent horror stuff like when becky is killed in the bathtub and she's like in the shower and then george cuts the wire and then like the oh yeah fabric chokes her instead is like that shit is like i'd see that in a horror movie that's like really dope shit you know um the combat sucks the driving sucks there's element like the game was not made well (laughs) <laughs> but it is rewarding if you stick with it. I promise you. For for those of you freaks that like weird ass shit, this is the weirdest shit you will ever play. So with that, I'm going to give this an eight. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, those were our thoughts on Deadly Premonition, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. <laughs> maybe we're We've got some online reviews with some different takes. I've got one from the Steam store. This is by eBay Netflix. Recommended. This is the review. It's like an ugly boyfriend who kisses really well. That's pretty good. (laughs) What? (laughs) Was that written by Swery? (laughs) (laughs) i have a review here from the steam store from uh weber goes not recommended uh 33.2 hours on record uh the review goes trying to open a door game crash trying to drive my car game crash trying to talk to people game crash trying to launch the game game crash trying to crash the game Game crash. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would crash again. <laughs> I really will say, if, you're, if your one option is to play on PC, it's a really bad port. I don't know if I can recommend that. It's, it's just so, it's, it's so clunky. Um, and, and not just in the way of the, uh, of the game's inherent clunkiness. It's just like a, it's like a badly made port that really does crash a lot. So, yeah, maybe... Um, I guess seek it out on Switch. I guess that that platform, it's a little more stable on there. Um, This one is from, uh, also from the Steam store. This is from uh, uh, Refner. Got paid for shaving my face and a giant demonic dog fell from the sky and totaled my car. 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) The payment is real. I I just like, it's such a, it's just, again, it's so, such a weird way to handle in-game currency that you're just like, you're not finding bundles of cash it's just that you're like you're getting paid for various tasks that you would do you it's just, wait i don't know nick you've never been like urinating and then at the end somebody gives you money <laughs> 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 like because that's how that's what happens to me i finish urinating and then a, a, a stranger comes into the bathroom and gives me a 20 dollar bill and i get a <laughs> urinating bonus right that's how it <laughs> I don't understand. There's also moments where you like knock down crates or like shoot stuff. And then you get something called agent honor, which is money. Oh, yes. But what does that mean? Agent honor? 
I don't I don't quite know because yeah you'll get it for for finding like you'll get it for like finding like a badge icon in the world and be like okay that's so that's it you find the medal and get agent honor but then you'll also get agent honor for yeah crashing your car through a a, a wood fence yeah, I don't know I, what it means it, it also costs no one dollar to save at a payphone it, you're yeah. penalized one dollar to save the game yeah but you also have like thousands of dollars yeah that's true. <laughs> Also, you find onions. Though that that was the weirdest part of the game for me. It's like you find onions and then you eat it to replenish your hunger. I would never eat a raw onion. No, that's disgusting. Well, you're not Agent York. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No wonder he smoked so many cigarettes to block oh. the taste of onion. Imagine that stinky agent bonus, a man who eats <laughs> onions and smokes all day. <laughs> I have one. This is a Gama Sutra interview with uh, Hedetake Suihiro. Uh, this is by Matthew Kumar. And I just got a little extra. This is a, it's a fascinating interview because he talks about the whole process and he talks about how he, um, you know, like also how he reacted emotionally to this game being, you know, critically panned, but then having a cult following and how that was a big roller coaster for him. Uh, but, it, but here we go. Here's the here's the excerpt I want to read. When we started development, it was a smaller town, more like a European village, he said. But after I went to the U.S. for research, I realized the roads are much wider that you need to drive to get anywhere. Adding this element led to a happy accident. Observing that the lengthy drives are often boring, uh, Swery added one of the most memorable features of the game. York's meandering discussions about cult film with player surrogate Zack, which reference everything from Richard Donner's Lady Hawk to utterly forgotten fares such as Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. When I was in the U.S. to get reference material, I noticed that whenever we were stuck in a long drive, we were always talking. Well, talking or eating something. So I thought if in the game people were going to have to use driving as a mechanism to get from point A to point B, it only makes sense to add some conversation. These moments are arguably the, height of, the heart of Deadly Premonition, the ones that work best to draw the player in and identify with York. Cinema offers a common language, and even if you can't remember Douglas McCown's 1983 horror, The Deadly Spawn, York's humorous take on it will spur recognition in any player. By having York converse directly with the player throughout the game, referring to them as Zack, Sohiro places the player in a position that perhaps no game has been, has before, the main character's best friend. I was just like it interesting just to hear that that's where the that came from, that the, just the idea of like, well, this, these drives take forever, so we need something to... Like, if we're going to replicate American rural life, we need to have long drives. And if we are going to have long drives, we have to have something for the player to, to keep the player occupied. So I'll, I'll write all these lines of dialogue. Um, but I also like the but I also thought the observation by the interviewer that, like, Zach is kind of the player surrogate. And that's who he's talking to throughout is like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way while I was playing it. But that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, but also another thing to note is that these conversations are totally optional. You don't yes. have to press talk or have the car you could just quietly drive around but it is a fun little bonus especially for people i mean i feel like people who would play deadly premonition would watch attack of the killer tomatoes or cat people which is what they reference <laughs> in in those drives you know but that's another cool point of like yeah we are also a part of the game as players in it right yeah i i feel like it's um for me having limited exposure both to Kojima games and to this dude's games, uh, like in Death Stranding, when you unlock bonus material and it's like Kojima's thoughts on a motorcycle or on the soundtrack to Thelma, and you're like, what is this doing in this game? That's what it evokes for me is, I guess we're talking about the special effects in Killer Tomatoes 
And yeah. that's what's happening right now. And it's kind of nice. I, yeah, I agree. I like it. I like that it that it it, it makes it feel more personal because it is. Uh, I, hey, uh, speaking of Kojima, I, actually, I did want to ask you guys this: Do you think it's possible that because there's the the mechanic in this game where um, if a if a demon is close to you, you can hold your breath to avoid them? And I was like, did they did did Kojima just take that from oh. de- for Death Stranding from mm. this game? I mean, mm. it feels this feels like the kind of I game that he would I play. Didn't think about that, but yeah. Because you do the similar the similar thing with the uh, the BTS, and I mean that's like that's like a key thing in in Death Stranding. You have to hold your breath to avoid the BTS throughout. And they both cover their mouth the same way, like it's the same sort of animation, isn't it? Like they cover it. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, Deadly Premonition is a prequel to Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was maybe we're wrong. It's time for the question block. Ding! All right, this one is from at. Favrati on Twitter. What parts or moments in non-survival horror games have scared you the most? In oh, non- talking out, outside the genre. Yeah, Things we've been scared from just from non-horror games. I get it. Hmm. Good question. Oof. Yeah. Let me think. Let me ponder on that for a second. I mean, I, I can't. I can barely name the times I've been scared during horror <laughs> games. I don't feel like this question is... Right. Has there like been a if, horror game that you've been scared, uh, Heather? There was, I mean, there was one jump scare in Last of Us Part Two that that surprised me. Um, and it was just like something moving past a doorway. Like it wasn't like an in-your-face jump scare. It was just like, whoa, shit. Um, but not. I when I played Silent Hill Two for the very first time. And the you're in a, an apartment hallway and like shit goes down and then you're in a different building and you realize it's the same building retextured. That freaked me out because that was like a conceptual horror that I had mm. been playing the same space t- in two different frames of mind. And only after I'd been playing it for a while was I like, oh, shit, this is the same hallway. Oh my God, this is the same hallway. And that was like a horror feeling, not a scared mm. feeling, but like a, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess if you want to extend it to that, like I kind of an existential horror anytime, like in Paper Mario, the thousand year door, when I realized to get to the end game, I was going to have to do a quest that maybe traverse the entire world. It's, it, it's the same, the same sort of thing in, uh, in uh, Wind Waker, where you have to collect all those Triforce pieces. Just like, ah, fuck. I have to do this shit. <laughs> This is going to take forever. And then you just sort of are like, what am I doing? And But you feel so sucked in at that point. We're just like, mm-hmm. well, now I got it. I got to do this bullshit. Get through yeah. it. For me, it'd probably be like, um, like the scariest. Uh, I don't know if it's scary, but it's like definitely creepy. There's a creepy moment in Pokemon Red and Blue where you go to Lavender Town. And just the music of it is like pretty like, Ugh. and also like when you, Think about games like Pokemon, they always faint, they never die. But when you go to Lavender Town, it's like essentially you go to a Pokemon cemetery. So you're as like a child, you're confronted with the idea of like, oh, shit, Pokemon die like you. They Mm. they can die and their spirits haunt can haunt you. And I I think that's pretty creepy for a kid, you know, I don't think Matt knows that. (gasps) Matt, are you okay? What uh 
I'm sorry. Did you say that's that doesn't make any sense to me? Uh, no, 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 Matt. Pokemon fan, you take him to the Pokemon <laughs> Center and then they get fine. Yeah, yeah. Your far fetched is gonna live forever. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, no, I. It's it, yeah. I think it's. They said it's. I keep breathing in it. I breathe into its mouth every day. It, they said it's gonna be fine. <laughs> what you, Oscar, I invited you on the show. And this is like what you did. No, so no, no. You're fine. It's that. fine. It's so fine. It's, it's make so up fine. a weird lie like that on a podcast. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetBladePotter. Send us an email at GetBladePot at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That's 616-275-2933. Oscar Montoya, this was so fun. Thank you so much for talking Deadly Premonition oh with us. Oh, my gosh. Thanks yeah, so super much fun. for having me. This was, this was a blast. What a delight. Um, anything you'd like to plug at this time? Um, no. I mean, you can follow me on Ozzymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Cool, man. And, and hey, Matt. What's next week's game? Next week's game, Fall Guys. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. I'm a new eat sun in the smoke all day.